Hello, everyone. It's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. I'm Adriano Magnifico. I'm your co-host for this podcast. I'm the career lead at the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center. And the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center is a place where we have 13 applied and technical and apprenticeship programs where students choose to come here in high school or from international lands as far away as Brazil and China and post-secondary students who are thinking, what should I do with my life? And so our podcast is all about those stories, those stories about living and life and what should I do? What's my why in life? How can I find out who I am and where I should fit in this world? Well, in this podcast, we'll give you those answers. And we do them because we are equipped with some of the finest people in the industry at the Broadcast Media Studio program, which is one of the 13 programs at the Louis Riel Arts and Tech Center. And I'm ably joined during this podcast by two of those students, two of those students who have chosen to be in this program, who are going to turn their lives into incredible opportunities for skill development and jobs and ways to change the world. One of them is CJ. How are you, CJ? They, them, CJ. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I had coffee this morning, even though it got cold, so. <laughs> CJ, so as always, as always. Bad. Yeah. Incredible energy to start the show. <laughs> I like that. I like starting with CJ because she's full of vim and vigor. And now it is Andre Boisjoli. Yeah. He, him. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. I also had my coffee this morning, uh, so I can say that my morning has been better than yesterday. But uh, yeah, I'm doing good. A little bit of coffee. Coffee gets you guys going. Yeah. I don't, amazing. I'm, I'm not about the coffee this morning. No? Not about the coffee. I'm actually moving towards, I'm still drinking coffee, green tea. Oh, oh, oh how exciting. No green tea? Tea, green, yeah. tea green. is water with a bag in it. Well, so is coffee in but its, its own beans. way. With beans. <laughs> but it's beans. I like a chickpea. I'll take a chickpea. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a black bean. But those are, this, this, uh, this opportunity is going to be really interesting because we actually have a guest on this program this time who's in this industry, and we're going to get to him. And, and he's in person. And he's a, I think he's a celebrity. <laughs> and, and, and he's actually in the studio. But before we get to introducing him and taking us on a, another career story journey, I want to ask a question of you two. Because we have a guest who's in the broadcast media industry, I want to ask you two, where do you get your own news? How do you keep informed? I'm looking to two Gen Zs, and they're looking at me now like I am. <laughs> I think you should start headlines. off with Andre, because he's Andre, very into the news. where do you news. get your news? Sir? Well, I consume news pretty frequently. TikTok? No, no, that's a <laughs> sin, Mr. Magnifico. A sin? Never, never from TikTok. I find it highly entertaining. I, uh, entertaining, I like <laughs> entertaining, though, when it comes to facts. I, Fake news. So do you want facts? I want facts. Where do, where do I you want get truthfulness. Your facts well, where do you do that? I want quality journalism. So that's why I'll go to, like, I'll sometimes, you know, bring up Apple News. We'll see what's happening there. Apple News? Make my trip to CBC. CBC 
bc.ca slash Manitoba or something. Aren't or, they funded by the government? They, <laughs> don't start this, Mr. Magnifico. How does that become? Not this morning. How does that become? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Global. Being used. Global. Global. Well, global. There is a, make, there's an organization. Wow. Make, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> make my trip to CTV, uh, City, and obviously the free press. So what do you do when you get all your news? Do you look at, is it all the same or do you see things that are different? So what do you do, Andre, to make sure it's not, as you say, fake news? Fake news? Well, I'm not saying it's fake news. I'm just looking for quality stories. You're saying it's fake. Okay. So you don't know if it's fake or not? No, of course. All right. Maybe the reporter is lying. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> though, not a good though, way to go. Though I go to re reputable news sources. But you're in an industry right now where you're railing against that kind yeah. of fake news, aren't you? I guess Do you want to so, yeah. be the difference? Do you want to be the difference? Do I want to be the difference? <laughs> be the difference, Andre. The difference maker. The difference maker? Uh, we'll see about that. Okay. CJ, where do you get your news? I honestly don't really look at the news because... You're in a news industry, girl, or person. Because I'm not planning on being a reporter or anything, and most of the news is actually pretty depressing, so I don't see the point in looking at it. So when... I know, but you know when, my wife's like that. Like, I have uh, Google News, since I have a Google phone, ah, um, and I'll check it every once in a while, but it's mainly for, like, game updates or um, interesting things that have happened in the world. Nothing that's really critical or, like, dangerous, like accidents or something. Oh, okay. Uh... What, what news is important for you to have then? It, would it be like the road conditions and those kinds of things? That's the kind of news you're looking for? No, because or I, world news. I don't really drive and I like what's happening in the world. I can't do anything about it. So. Sure you can. In Europe? <laughs> I know. I don't I know. think so. Well, we can but um, like I'll, I'll look every once in a while to see just what's going on, but I don't actively try to find it or anything. Well, we're pretty lucky. We have a person today who is all about the news. In fact, I think it's fair to say I connect to this person every night because I turn on the television and I watch global news. He's an anchor at night. And this is Kevin Hirschfield from Global News. And he is a digital broadcast media person, as he's told us. Yeah. But uh, he is that global person. He is the reliable voice. He's my Walter Con Concrite. Walter Cronkite. I don't get that reference. Neither do okay. I. Huge shoes. That's, that's, oh, my goodness. That's well, too well, old for me. Walter. So, Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. This is my first podcast ever? I've ever been on. I listen to a ton, but I've never actually been on one. So this well, that's is, interesting. What are the podcasts you listen to? Well, I'm a big sports guy, so I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff like that. So the Tony Marinero Sick Podcast. Oh! <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course you brought that up. Of course I brought I that up. I loved listening to Tony. I know. I know. Do you actually know him? No. Okay, anyway. I feel like I know I'm listening. I know. Me too. Me too. All the time. So Kevin is an interesting person because he was in my class way back in 2009 at Windsor Park Collegiate. Yeah. So he's one of the local homegrown success stories in the media industry. And... He was a student in class. Tell us a bit about your story. When you were in Windsor, when you were in Windsor Park Collegiate and you were in yeah. grade 11, what was going through your brain? Even before grade 11, um, my story is I was a big sports guy. I played hockey like so many kids in Winnipeg do. And fortunately, I realized pretty early on I wasn't going to make the NHL. I, wasn't, I, was, I played A2 hockey here. I wasn't going to. I'm still living that dream. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting knee surgery next week because the comeback. I, I think I got a shot. I'm waiting by the phone. So, <laughs> so fortunately, I realized, you know, uh, this is probably not going to be a full-time job. As great as it would be, I'm probably not going to make millions in the NHL. So 
watching a lot of sports like I did, wouldn't it be cool to still be a part of sports, though, in a different way? And that's when I started paying attention more to the broadcast side of things. And I was always someone who even read the newspaper. There's there's pictures of me reading the newspaper when I'm very, very young, three, four years old, looking at scores and stuff like that. So I had a long history consuming media, watching TV, listening to the radio, uh, reading the newspaper. And then when it came time to start thinking about a career, I thought, wow, it would be cool if I could be involved in sports in a different kind of way on the broadcast side. So, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those rare, I think, in high school that kind of knew like, hey, I can see myself doing this. This is what I want to be. And then it just exploded from there. Uh, you were able to hook me up with a ton of experiences in high school where I'd, I'd blog, uh, I'd do public address announcing. Well, well I'd before do you get to that, like yeah. you joined. We were running a program that we started it with you mm-hmm. called the Career Internship Program. Yes. That's how we started that program. You're one of the first iterations of that program. Right. And I would get people in the hallway and I found you in the hallway that's the way I recruited people do you remember that I oh yeah of course what do you want to do in your life yeah you are so clear about I think this is what I want to do and you joined that program is it fair to say and others who joined the program were looking for a way to find where they fit a, a, a career path right and you were clear on it so think of the people around you how did they feel like you were so clear in your in your journey about what you wanted to do. The rest of them? We never had those conversations in high school about careers and stuff, right, with my friends. So I, I don't know what they were thinking at the time, but um, I think everyone knew and I talked to them and stuff. They like, this guy's kind of got a radio voice or this guy's got a TV voice. He's got a good personality. I think he'd be good at that. So I don't think anyone would be surprised when went to high school to say, wow, this is where he ended up. So... Yeah. I, I again I just feel so lucky that I was able to figure out right away hey this is this is what I want to do and then just take it on from there because I know it's not like that for everyone else so just just a fortunate one here but looking at you right now I could tell that you're a reporter just by your body language yeah. and how you talk and how you use your hands and everything it's well, it's very reporter like yeah say, some it? people don't like the hand talking like There'll be people who watch me at nights, and my hands get going and stuff. And, yeah, and they some do. People, some they people do. don't like that. I love really? that about you. Yeah, it's that's, not for everyone. Though. I know, but that's um, and and there's students who don't like that either. I remember, yeah, everyone's got their. I hop around a class. I think you you remember those days. I bounce around. Right? Yeah. Uh, but I had some t- I had some students who absolutely hated that and would tell me and say, "Just stand still for a minute, okay?" I, I'd actually yeah. students tell me that, and it was uh, and they just liked some teachers who sat behind their desk. Yeah, and just did their gig. So everybody's got their different way of thinking, what they perceive, yep, yep, what they enjoy. Yep. So you did some of the activities. You just started talking about it. So talk about some of the activities that you and I kind of set up together. Yeah, that you went into and how they impacted you. Yeah, well. Um, I remember doing a job shadow with a former student of yours, Mike McIntyre, who still works at the Winnipeg Free Press at the time. So, oh, who's Mike McIntyre? Is he? Uh, no. Oh, oh, yeah, he covers the Jets. He's written, you know, a dozen books or something. Yeah. This is this is when he was a, a courts reporter at the Free Press, which he yes. did for a long yes. time before moving to sports. So I was able to spend a couple days with him at court and really see what a reporter does in a day. And this is when Twitter was starting to become a thing. This is 2009, so it was really starting to pick up its popularity. I remember him just going crazy on his 
Blackberry. Remember yeah, Blackberries? Remember yeah, he, <laughs> he did articles on the Blackberry. Yeah. And he shipped them in. That's the way they Man, did reporting. that's an old phone. So this <laughs> isn't... He, he, he's not sitting at a typewriter like, yeah, Blackberry. I had one too. BBM was fantastic. But uh, that was my first taste of, wow, okay, so if I want to get into this field, this is what it's going to be like. So yeah, I just remember him typing away. So there was that, a chance to go into a, a, a legitimate newsroom and see how they do things. And then there was a chance to do a couple um, experiences like that uh, on my own. Um, blogging for the Master Playwright Fest at Manitoba Theatre Centre where I'd go every couple of nights and watch a play. I, I I forget the playwright who they were featuring that year. It could have been Arthur Miller. Like there were, it could have been. There were a couple of them. It, it's a major playwright, though. That's an old... Yeah. That's a, the Master Playwright Festival doesn't exist anymore, but it went on for about a dozen years, and they would choose one playwright, so a yeah. world-famous playwright, mm-hmm. and they'd play all his plays. Ah. Uh-huh. Over and two, were two weeks, or and those were done by different, different troops, or yes, right on. They were done by uh, the Irish group would do uh, uh, yep. one of his plays, and another group um, would do MT, MTC would do one of his plays yep. on the main stage. The Warehouse would do one of his plays. Perry Theater would do one of his plays, and then small local theater groups would do plays. It was yep. amazing to watch. So I went and got to write reviews on uh, the Manitoba Theater Center's website, and they had a blog of different reviewers and stuff. So uh, I got to do that. That was a writing component. I got to do public address announcing. Um, Adriano hooked me up. I, th- I think we had the Provincial High School Basketball Championships yes. at Windsor Park yes. back in 2009. Yes. I got to do all the PA announcing for all the games. You're announcing fouls and stuff like that. Give us, so that was- give us uh, an example. Come on, it's been 13 years. I don't. (laughs) You're you're at the game. How does this work? Like someone scores and then you say, yeah, so and so. Numbers so and so. Andre Bojoli. I've never played volleyball. Andre Bojoli has. What do you do in volleyball? Andre Andre Bojoli for three. That's what it is. Wow. For three. Going back in time here. (laughs) Wow. And yet you became a reporter and not an announcer. Yes, I did. So. And, and getting back to what he said, all these little experiences that I did, you know, it was a it was a day or a week at a time, but all these little things, it, it led to me applying for the Red River College Program Creative Communications, which is kind of, if you do want to get into broadcasting and journalism, that's kind of the one where you want to set your sights on. And at that time, it was very rare for someone right out of high school to get into that program. They're looking for people who've maybe had a few years of university or college under their belt. So... I came to them and we did, I did my application process, you know, 300 plus students apply every year, only 75 got in at that time. So look at all the people they have to say no to. I presented, you know, my resume and cover letter and showed them my experiences that I did. I did an interview and, you know, they never told me this, but I really feel like all those experiences that I did in high school and just the passion I showed, you know, knowing that I wanted to work in that industry they looked at me and they said, well, we want this guy in our program. We know he's not just testing this out and seeing how it's going to go. We know he's really serious about this career. Would you say you were pretty confident going into it? Because I know, like myself, it's difficult to talk to people and tell them, like, hey, I really want to do this, even though I do really want to do it. It's just difficult to get the I'd right I'd say words. I was confident because I knew I was ahead of the game for people my age, 18 years old at the time. I looked at the people around me, I'm like... You know, I'm so much better at them as, at announcing and writing and stuff like that. And then you get in. Well, you've got the good voice too. Like, yeah. Once you guys. Yeah. Agree? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's, it's a pre- you've got a, a great radio and TV voice. 
so yeah when you're around kids who are not into that you're like wow i'm so good at this and then you get in a class for the first time and it's like whoa this went up another notch so mm. i was certainly confident going in and i think that definitely helped me but you learn pretty quick it's like oh you got a long way to go before you're a big uh big media star so um you know that hit really quick but uh that program went two years and it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of work, but um, it helped me uh, get to where I am today. So, Would you say it's more of a journalism program? Because I've heard that it mainly focuses on journalism and a little bit of the other aspects. No, not at all. Um, it had four components to it when I was in journalism, um, media production, which is kind of this side too, and 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 advertising and public relations so in our first year of the program we actually got to kind of dip our toe on all four of those uh examples and we got to decide in our second year of the program which one we wanted to major in and you majored in journalism, journalism. Yeah. which i knew i wanted to do going yeah. in but you never know advertising and public relations there were some there were some neat things to do uh, media production was also cool as well doing stuff behind the scenes like working in control rooms for our our new our college newscast that we did every thursday night that was cool but yeah journalism was no so they give you an opportunity in all four of those fields that i mentioned and it's kind of on you which one you want to go a little bit deeper on so mm. journalism was the one for me so well you talked about those crazy deadlines too right yeah about i mean you miss uh talk about those from a spelling error to missing a deadline mm. they really want right from day one they really want you to experience what being in the industry is like and when you're reading a, a news article and you see a spelling error like how unprofessional does that look like so we did some early assignments, and, and this this went for the entire two years. Any assignment where you handed it in with a spelling error or a grammatical error, you automatically failed the assignment. So this taught you very quickly to you know double check, triple check the spelling of words and just the grammar and stuff like that, just to make sure before you submit. And deadlines are a huge part of our industry as well. If you submit an assignment that was due at 8 a.m., if it came in 30 seconds late because there was a printer issue or something like that, well, you should have handed it in the night before. So did you uh, no, uh, no check over all that? Fail. Did you check over all that stuff yourself or did you have other people check for your spelling errors? Because I know if you check it over yourself, it's hard to... It's find. always good to have a second eye on things and you know, you know, I'd have, I think my parents look at it, but I, I, I you know, well, that's not something they've done a lot. That's in the interesting. Past. What other guys in the industry, your fellow students, are yeah. you helping each other or is it dog eat dog? Oh, what was it like? Uh, I think that first year there's a little more helping out each other. It's yeah. like, you want to see each other succeed. You know, I guess it's the second year where, and it wasn't, it wasn't like that at all, but I guess the second year is where there's a little bit more competitiveness because you get out of Red River and all of a sudden there's a job opening and three or four of you are interested in it. And then yes. what, right? There, I didn't get a lot of that this though when I was in. make a lot of spelling <laughs> mistakes. Just saying. I can just imagine you guys just showing up all the, the door, the same door. It's like, hi, I'm from Red River. Hi, I'm from Red River. Hi, I'm from Red River. <laughs> oh, oh and that's, can oh, I get a job? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's a lot of that, right? But yeah. no, when we were in the program together, no, everyone worked together well and like I was telling you guys earlier like I still have friends that I speak to regularly to this day that we've become really close because of what we went through in that program so no there was nothing like that going on in the program it was it was that's that's a, a really cool thought you're bringing up though when you are in a trench like that and you're working hard yeah that's relationship building right and that's where you build connections to people yeah. that are forever right 
We like to call ourselves the Cree-Caw Mafia. That's a common... <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I think so. I think so. So some of the guys in that program swim with a fish. Is that what you're saying? If you if you talk to anyone who, who works in the industry now, whether it's public relations or any TV station or media forum, and you mention Cree-Caw, it's like, oh, you remember the Mafia. So that's what we like to call ourselves because <laughs> we've been through it all together. So yeah. yeah, we're this one big group that's kind of... Then there's more and more of us working around Winnipeg, like... Uh, so many people, if you go to a TV station or radio station or, or whatever, a newspaper, so many graduated from that program. So, uh, yeah, what a memorable two years that was. But you also won an award there. I remember that because <laughs> I, I bring this up. We were talking on the phone yesterday. You actually kind of didn't even remember well, somehow. But you won an award. You used to... Red River used to have their own radio station, which is what the broadcast media program also has here. Yep. And uh, you ran a sports show, which is getting back to your roots. You've always come back to this. I'm into yep. the sport gig. I yep. like the sport gig. And uh, you ran a, uh, it wasn't a podcast in those days, but a radio program, right? It was a live radio show. The, the station was 92.9 Kick FM, and we'd go on once a week. We'd go on once a week for about an hour, and we'd talk hockey. The show was called Heated Ice. So what a cool experience to be able to host a radio show like that. Well, not and only that, you won an award for it. And yeah. I, I think you won a thousand beans. I'm not sure the Don Whitman. I won award. the Don Whitman Award, and that was, it was a, it was an award for sports journalism. So I remember that second year of Red River, I did a number of things uh, related to sports, and the radio show was just one of them. So it was very. I was very honored to win the Don Whitman Award, which is given out annually. I was able to meet his. his how, how did that help? That's awesome. Yeah. How did that help on your resume? Oh. Don Whitman is a legend in Winnipeg. Yes. For you guys, if you don't know who Don Whitman is, he's a legendary sportscaster. He worked for CBC for many, many years. Did, yes. did the Olympics, yes. did CFL, did NHL. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's, he's made some of the greatest sports calls in Canadian history Yeah, on some of the greatest games. Broadcasting legend not only in Winnipeg but in the country. Yes. So you talk about seeing that on someone's resume. And and the Whitman family, I think, has some say into who gets this, and they and they take a look at what you've done, and and they say, all right, this guy looks like someone who be worthy of this award. So to have that on a resume at that point in my career, like I think that that was a big help for sure. So so that was really cool, and and I don't remember the thousand the thousand bucks you brought. Up, I brought it up. It was, that it sounds about right. I know. I remember <laughs> because I remember you getting it, and we were talking. You mm -hmm. talked to me about it. Mm -hmm. I thought, what a great honor for you. And it I, was I'm very just cool. So, I'm always so proud of you guys when you do work like that. Yeah. Hey, you talked about um, the importance. I mean, in the Cree-Com program, it sounds like they're trying to make you, and you used the word with me the other day, versatile. Yes. They're trying to turn you into uh, something more than a, a, you know, a one-horse pony, kind yes. of, a one-trick pony yes. kind of thing, right? So how versatile did you become? What What's oh. your skill set right now? And what does a young person need in that kind of... In, in that kind of uh, environment to be successful yeah. based on what you've learned. I'll start with what I do right now. So the main job is is anchoring, of course, but there's also reading radio news. If you listen to 680 CJOB tonight, I'll be doing the news every half hour from 6.30 to about 9. So there's a radio component of it and working in radio software and writing radio scripts and stuff like that. Then there's an editing component, the stuff that goes to 
air that you'll see tonight that has to be edited so I do some of that as well um, so and then I'm posting to social media throughout the night we want our content to be seen in as many ways as possible if you can't watch it on TV at 10 well we want you to see it somewhere else so if you check our Twitter account tonight you're gonna see our stuff from throughout the day is gonna be posted throughout the evening you're gonna see uh, our voiceovers our, our reporter packages and stuff you're gonna see that throughout the night we just want people to see our stuff in as many ways as possible so that's all I'm doing in this job right now I'm doing all that throughout the night so there's a number of things and I'm writing web articles yes. uh, as well they told me last night uh, they gave me a tip because uh, 680 CGO being global were partners with the bombers Zach Kalaros was going to be uh, re-signed to a three-year contract extension and there was wow a, did that happen yeah that actually Woo! happened that's so fantastic. That, irrelevant to me so that was embargoed <laughs> CJ you excited <laughs> for the Just say you're thrilled you're yeah you're I'm thrilled real excellent so, Sorry, they, so they told me last night, hey, heads up, this is going to come out tomorrow. We want you to write a web article in advance if you have some time and just schedule it for tomorrow morning. It can't go out until then. But, you know, they know I can do that. So I put up a quick web article. If you search global news in that story, then you'll see my name on it. So I'm writing web articles throughout the night. So and that's just what I'm doing in this job. So I, I mentioned like four or five different things, but it's, it's all it's all manageable to do. I could go on about the jobs I've had in the past, and I, and I talked with the students, of course. Well, this is your pinnacle. You're an anchor right now. Sure. Right? So this is kind of cool. It is. Go backwards a bit and talk about some of the jobs you've been in and what it helped you understand about oh. yourself and your skill set. Yeah. Like I was telling the students, one of my first jobs was in Portage La Prairie, working at their newspaper at the time, the Daily Graphic. Some of the classes I didn't enjoy the, at the most at Red River were photography, taking pictures, which wasn't for me, and then uh, layout and design, designing posters and stuff like that. I was never a big art guy. I just wasn't great at it. So, was you know, that digital or was it? Yeah, so you use Adobe InDesign and stuff mm -hmm. to lay out posters, and, and that was some of the stuff we did. So, you know, that class I was kind of... I got through it, I passed, but it wasn't the greatest work. Unfortunately, this wasn't my strength. Sure enough, in Portage La Prairie, this opportunity comes up to be a sports reporter. Well, what does that entail? Well, it's just not reporting. It's taking photos. You're the photographer. It's laying out the sports section in the rest of the paper. So all of a sudden, you're designing, you're taking photos, and all of a sudden, I realized, wow, even though I didn't like those specific courses in school, it's like there may be a time where I have to do this for my job and, and you better be prepared for it. So, um, and it must've made you smarter though. Like just, <laughs> yeah, just think about it. Even though you're, you're, you're kind of toiling through that program and in the InDesign and you're toiling through artistic design. Yeah. You're learning something about yourself, aren't you? Yeah. And you're oh, learning yeah. the principles of design. Yeah. How important is that for you moving forward in everything you do? Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And you never know when I'm going to get back in the newspaper industry. And yes. So it's always something I know I can do. And, and I put the work into it. Uh, a lot of these different jobs that I had, as long as you put the work in it, it's, it's totally possible. And I've, and I've been able to find that if you, if you put the time into it, if you ask for help and if you ask all the questions that uh, you have, then you're eventually going to catch, catch on. And, hey, is and it fair to say to... in this industry, there's no task too menial to do? You're, like, just do it. Do it well. Whether you're pulling cable or whether you're making a poster. Yeah. So important to have those skills. Like I told these guys, so I talk about my Portage experience. One of my first jobs at the Sun was editing copy. So that's not only making sure there's no spelling errors in the articles and stuff like that. You got to write headlines as well. And that forces you to be 
pretty creative. How can I get people to read this article by using four to five words? Not the easiest thing, but that's super hard. Yeah, that's one of your. Oh, I don't remember. Don't even. I know what you're going to ask me. This is the craziest headline headline you've ever you've ever Uh, read. I was a young guy at the time, so (laughs) (laughs) just have to go back in the archives. Those are hard. I I, I write for the community review for the Winnipeg Free Press, and I put my title on there. It rarely makes the the paper my titles because those yeah, guys are looking down. for it. they yeah. they'll chop it yeah. when you, you know the industry yeah but to catch a title <laughs> at the right moment to capture that audience is an enormous talent right that's an enormous it's unfortunate talent. too because sometimes readers will associate the headline with with the writer and the writer doesn't do that yes, at all. Exactly. It's it's a it's a different team of people who who come up with the headlines. So if they don't agree with the headline, then the writer unfortunately gets the flack. So that's unfortunate. But uh, the copy editors are kind of in the background, but they have a very very important job as well. So and they bail out the reporters too, because you know reporters are working quick quick quick, and yeah, there's going to be spelling and grammatical errors sometimes and that's their job to kind of bail them out and catch those before those go to, to well i i had a student friend i had a student friend who went uh, who went to crecom uh i won't say who she was okay. but i went to high school with her and uh a couple of people who worked with her in the industry said oh my god the copywriters were constantly fixing her stuff constantly do, do you run into people like that who sometimes oh my gosh some people are working overtime to get this text in the right shape because the person isn't skilled. Yeah, and we yeah we have the same format at Global. It just doesn't go to print. It goes to our website, globalnews.ca. So once you finish your web article, you send it off to a, a group of copy editors in Toronto, and some are more vocal than others about how they uh, think things should be written. So we definitely experience that. For some people, they're just so passionate, as weird as it sounds, yes. passionate yes. about good writing. And, and they talk to us about it too, so we're learning at the same yes, time. So yes. that's very important as well. Yes. yes. And uh, it's important for the copy editors and reporters to have those conversations. So the reporters learning for the next time, right? Yes. So it's not yes. just this never ending cycle of the mistakes being made. So. so when you're talking about how writing headlines that'll fall on the writers, I know uh, with news, a lot of people like, let's say the graphics operator messes up or something. Mm-hmm. Since you're the first person they see as an anchor, um, they kind of blame it on you. Have you ever had that happen? Not a ton. We're pretty good there, but yeah, mistakes go to air. Um, people know it's 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 sort of there. People know that it's a it's a big team. I think it's a big group. But yeah, yours, myself, and and Lisa Dutton and a few other anchors were the face of the station. So do Lisa gets more emails than I do. She's on she's on the six o'clock as well, and mm-hmm. she'll get a few more emails than I do. But yeah, sometimes if something goes wrong with the station. They don't know who to contact other than the person that they're seeing, right? So, yeah, yeah, you'll get those emails once in a while. It's like, hey, why did this happen? It's like, what are you going to do about that? It's like, well, unfortunately, that was out of my control. But you just have to be professional about it and tell them, hey, you know, sorry, we're looking into this and the team made an error and stuff like that. You can't mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, this wasn't my fault. Like, that's that's a very unprofessional thing to do. We're yeah. all a team there. So, yeah, we get that once in a while for sure. But um, that's fascinating, Kevin, because do you ever feel, Andre and CJ, do you guys ever feel like, oh, it's so quick. Everybody's skill set is different in there, right? And mm-hmm. you're working on projects. And do you ever feel like, oh, my gosh, this person messed up, but you have to play the team game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've you had have to feel that? It's hard, isn't it? Mm. But you're hearing from the pro here 
this is the way life is. This well, you also can't go into a job and just, like, if someone messes up, say it's all their fault, and then, because they're not going to respect you otherwise, even if yes. you were the one who made the mistake, they it, can't yes. guarantee. And it's so important to, de to debrief if something like that happens, yes. Yes. to talk as a group and be like, what happened? How did it happen? How can we prevent this from happening again? And that's, hmm. that's one way you're going to prevent it from happening again. So it's so important to talk together when something like that happens. So And I think that's that a great quality because if yes. you are just blaming it on someone else, like that's not good. But if you can kind of give a reason and then a solution afterwards, then they're going to really respect you because yes, you may have angered them a little by making a mistake, but as long as you give a solution as to how you won't make it again, then yeah, you and a problem fine. solver, yeah, yeah, yeah. problem solver, yeah. a, a possible solution. Yeah, mm -hmm. like no one ever has no the definitive oh, way no. to do something, yeah. even when they think they do. And so it's often uh, if you're open. I, I love what you're saying. Like if if you're open to possibility, yes, mm -hmm. and you're willing to take that in and see that it's always. I, I run into a lot of people who are just stuck in their way. This is the way it's got to be. It's yep. got to be. I actually learn from those people. I learn a ton when I consider the polarity, when I consider the opposite view of what I have. Mm. If I'm open to helping it help me. 100%. Enunciate what's important. One thing I've always told my bosses is like, I am open to any criticism. Like, please tell me what I can yes. be doing better. Yes. I just, I think that's made me better over the years. So I am, I am yes. extremely open to that. Please tell me if you don't like something I'm doing, please. Or if you would suggest I do something a different way, please let me know. So I'm, I'm open to that just because I know it's going to help me be better. in the Well, long yeah, term. because so, if you don't know what you're doing no. wrong, then you can't fix no. it. Yeah. Like so. there's got to be people in the industry where they're just hard to deal with. You hear that stuff, right? But, but they may be celebrities. And so you have to tolerate them, right? Mm. Especially in the U S right. Yeah. But if you're a person who is, has and my mom would always talk about it, humility. If you have some humility yeah. where it's not about you ever, no, when you're in a team context or ever, she goes, it's never about you ever. There's people you're interacting with. How do they feel? What's the empathy? Boy, you build a team that has your back and you build trust. So do you feel like, how important is that? Having trust in the, in the room when you're working with your team? Yeah, I've been fortunate to work with great people. Like we've had no, not in any of the places I've been, there's been no really toxic environments or anything like That's that awesome. where there's like, you know, two sides of the newsroom and stuff like that. I've just been so fortunate. You hear stories like that, but that just has never happened to me. So, and again, it's just all about talking. If you maybe feel like that's happening with a person, it's all just yeah. sitting down. When I think of that, I'm thinking of like, have you, you've watched Anchorman, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> Ron Burgundy, is he your hero? Burgundy. Ron Burgundy is my hero. <laughs> well, there's a standing order in my house. Whenever Anchorman's on. Yeah. Or among all my children who all live mm -hmm. in different places. When they do that scene when all the anchors go, oh. go into the alleyway to fight. Classic. Oh, yeah. The streets will run red with Ron Burgundy's blood or whatever. And then when, the, the Canadians know, that come in too. Oh, it's yeah, hilarious. Uh, the whole, the PBS guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a standing order in my house. Call me wherever you are and tell me that's on <laughs> yeah. so that I can watch Very rewatchable. That movie. That's, yeah. that, that's one of my favorite. Very rewatchable. I don't feel like that's the way it is in Winnipeg with our um, with our TV stations. Like, of course, you're competing to get people's eyes and ears and stuff like that. But when you're out at an event together, yes, they'll help you when needed. Yes. There's a bit of a friendly competition. Like, and, it's not it's not just and cutthroat it's so, And it's so there. heartfelt. I, you, I mean, you saw Sarah Orleski yeah. on the field, and she was ending her bomber right. or CFL game going to the Jets. It was a love fest when she was leaving, right? Like, yeah. I, I just don't... 
I just don't feel like that happens in the big American kinds of yeah, high power. Yeah. You know, we yeah. got to get this out and it's got to be prime time. What are the ratings? I just thought it was uh, when Oleski left. I, I felt a little sad because I liked her and I thought she was awesome. A lot of people were, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so, but she's moving in town. She's not leaving. She's still in town. So, yeah. so it's awesome. Hey, who are some of the, think about this. I, I, I wrote an article once about the tap on the shoulder. How in your life you need people to kind of tap you on the shoulder and just turn you in a direction and say, have you thought about this? Who are the people in your life who have given you some taps on the shoulder that were really powerful to you Ooh. in any context? And it could be like my mom gave me taps on the shoulder all the time. And she always reminded me uh, things like when I thought I should have gotten something, she always kind of reminded me, if you didn't get it, there's probably a good reason why you didn't. And it's okay. Yeah. I should remind me like, reflect and think and move on like she she's always smart that way with me she she was one of the first but i've had many people in my life who have tapped me on the shoulder i'm sure you i've had, had people tap me on the shoulder yeah, yeah. they're not just tapping on the shoulder and walk by like maybe they're grabbing your wallet. no no i, I don't know, know what you mean yeah, 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 they're, yeah like, they're stealing your wallet yeah. i'm thinking um are there people in your life who have tapped you on the shoulder to help you move forward in the industry and have given you the kind of advice and direction where you've thought Perfect. Thank you. I think, you know, all the bosses I've had and all the managers talking when I've been in the industry, all the managers and bosses I've had, you know, they know you want to take a next step at some point. So they, they try to help you with that and just try to get you up on certain skills. And that happens even in the industry. Of course, they want you to work for them. But at the same time, they know you're not going to be there forever. They know you have a dream of your own. Yes. And, and, they, and they work with you on those skills and stuff like that. Uh, so that happens. that's happened with managers and bosses that I've had in the past. I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting here, but, I mean, you were one of them. What what happens, what happens in high school if, if I don't get the experiences that we talked about earlier, right? So... You kept pushing me to that, and maybe I get yeah. swayed in a different direction. I don't know. Well, that's nice you of you to admit say. it. Well, well, absolutely. That's, well, that's nice of you to say. But you know what? When I find a person like you, mm -hmm. I just get excited for the possibility yeah. for you. Like I really relish in how you're doing right now, and yeah. just think this is fantastic. And I, I love seeing you move forward. Like I'm going to watch CJ turn into something spectacular, yeah. and Andre, and I'm going to watch from afar and just be so darn proud of you, people. I'm telling you, from from a really far no, part away. No, okay. well, thanks, <laughs> CJ. Anyway, no matter where you are, whatever whatever hill I'm on, or what old folks I'm in, senior home I'm in, I'll be thinking. Oh. And you know, and you know, parents too. Like some yes. parents want their kids to be a doctor be a pharmacist mm. or something like that and they were like you know what whatever you're interested in yeah. we're, we're all good for it yeah. so so there well, wasn't necessarily a tap on the shoulder but just uh well your mom was like that yeah right what do you want to do and and where do you want to go your dad too like what and i i just found you you had a good support network mm -hmm. and uh some of your some of your buddies in high school do you still hang out with yeah them? absolutely yeah they were my uh yeah i got married this summer some of them were in my wedding party that's fantastic some of my red river buddies were in my wedding party and some of my high school buddies so there you go there's so a, there's a core group i still uh talk and, to and, that, and that's a group you move forward with yeah. right yeah and some just lop away and you're done yeah but there's certain people that gra you grapple them to your soul yeah with a hoop of steel. <laughs> That's from Hamlet. Do you remember? Of Eddie? course. Of course. I love it. Of course. I'm not even sure he does, but I love that he said, what of mean? course. I love it. Anyway. Hey, how important was Shakespeare to you? Remember we did Shakespeare? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going back a while. But do you remember? Did you enjoy that, that kind of text as a broadcast person? Is it important to take Shakespeare? I think so. It's just, it's just, it's just literature, classic literature that I think everyone needs to experience a little bit. So... Did it help me? Did it help me in the industry? I don't know. Like, 
I don't know if I can say that for a fact, but um, I think it was definitely important to learn what the Shakespeare guy is all about. I just had to ask that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to ask that. Hey, you know what? They don't let they don't let us write like that. They tell us you have to write conversational in your scripts and stuff like that. Keeping it so simple. Keep it simple. Keep yeah. the words simple. That's the big key in broadcast. Don't use these words that you never use in conversation because people are going to, most people are going to zone out when they hear big words. They mm. want us to keep it simple, what? tight. Hey, so, this is what they tell us. Should I don't self be true and it must follow us the night, the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. What are you talking about? How could no one understand that? <laughs> But uh, do you, there's there has to be a different writing style between writing for the newspaper and then writing for like the online articles. I feel oh, like yeah. your attention span, especially online, is yes. shorter. Yes, mm. you're just clicking through it. So is that when you really have to push like the the simple language? I've or? really learned to be a tight writer over the years, and just getting the unnecessary stuff out of there. Like you yeah. can say you can say the same thing four different times. Some people won't even realize they're doing it. But, but I also remember that about your text and the way you wrote. Yeah. I remember that about Mike McIntyre's text okay. too, because he was my student as well at, at River East. And I thought, boy, this guy writes with a laconic tone. It's just he's getting to the, the heart of it. And, yeah. it. and in high school, it doesn't necessarily get you an A because we're, yeah. looking, because we're looking for flowery writing <laughs> yeah. in an essay yeah. sometime, right? I know that sounds bad. Or like, but he was a brilliant writer, and he went on to write many books with that style and he he just you learn your style the more you write the more you try the more you practice the more you engage the more you learn about yourself and develop your own inimitable style right i i just think that's always always so amazing. and broadcast has got to be super tight with and that's what i do the yes. most now it's like you've obviously got a time show that you're writing for so yeah. you can't go off yes. for 90 seconds on one story it's like you gotta yes. keep it tight and like you said attention span people are watching on tv if you go for a minute 15 on one story and, you know, they might yeah. get zoned out. Especially exactly. now that TikTok's a thing. TikTok. Oh, boy. It's going to be changed. Global's TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hope not. Anyway, is, is it time for quick it cues? It is time. It's time for quick cues. Kevin, we're going to ask you some questions. And uh, it's going to be Andre giving you this. He'll explain what you're going to do go. in the next second. So don't, uh, and let's keep him short, okay? <laughs> Let's keep them short. You're on. Let's so go. The exercise is pretty simple. Okay. I'll ask you a question, and you just have to answer it as uh, well, fast as possible. Oh God. Okay. We'll start off. Dog or cat person? Cat? I got a dog two weeks ago, though. Sorry, about a month ago. I'm both now. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Waffles or pancakes? Waffles. What do you put on toast? Jam. You tell, oh, okay. Favorite fall activity? Does golf count as fall? Sure. Yeah, Messy or tidy desk? Tidy. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Pronounced D-A-T-A. -A. You can do it in your voice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's what... Starbucks or Tim's? Starbucks. <sighs> Favorite social media? I gotta go Twitter. Texting or phone calls? <sighs> well, texting. Okay. Outdoors or indoors? Outdoors. Strawberries or raspberry? Strawberries. Favorite genre of music? Rock. Morning or night? Night. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Favorite restaurant? To bring your boss to. Whoa! <laughs> no, 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 no. Just favorite restaurant. Four Seasons Chinese food. I have a history. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, good. Good to hear. Southdale right here. And uh, finally, favorite podcast? Adventures in Korea. Of course. Hey. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you finally got one right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you didn't agree anyway, with a lot of them. Well, you know what? I remember you said when you said golf, you love golf. He, you sent me a book when you finished. Oh yes, he wrote a book. In Crecom, yes. that was a Crecom assignment, right? Where he went out for thirty days and did a golf course every day for thirty days. Is that what you did? Correct. So it was a. And he wrote about yeah. them, and he wrote and he created a book. Do you still have this book? It's, I it's I, somewhere. I still have the book. You know, I look back at it and I'm like, ah, oh, I could have done this better and this better. That's just how I am, though. It's like, yes. how could I have done yes. this? But that's how everyone thinks. But yeah, uh, for the in the summer of 2010, for a school project, I wrote a book where I golfed. 30 different courses in 30 different towns in Manitoba in 30 days. 30 wow. straight days. And he wrote about each one. And I chronicled my experiences there. That's when I was like, I talked about really into blogging and stuff like that and, and writing, creative writing like that. Um, and it became a book. And that was a project that we had to do. Everyone had to do a, a project of some sort like that. Uh, well, he gave me the book and he signed it. Mm. So it's, it's one of my, it's in my signed collection. collection. Along with Ernest Hemingway yeah. and, you know, all the great writers. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. What? <laughs> As if I got Ernest Hemingway's signature. <laughs> anyway, fantastic. You know what, Kevin? This has been just a delight. This has been fun. It's been super having you here. I just, uh, it brings back so many memories. I can see you sitting in class in the road to the left. I know exactly where you were. And uh, okay, yeah. you've really brought to this podcast, uh, especially the broadcast media students, uh, a sense of what it's like to be in this industry yeah. and, and, and what it takes to move forward and some of the qualities you need mm to build the relationships and the network that's necessary to make a go in this. Yep. So I got to say, I'm super proud of you. Thank you. And uh, I'm just... You played a big role in this, as no, we said. You know yes. what? You played the role because you are the person who took advantage of things and moved it way further than I could ever take it. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for being. And just so you know, he's wearing the Adventures in Careerland. Mm -hmm. Look at that the thing. Camera. Adventures in Careerland shirt. Anyone who comes to this space gets Perfect to wear the fit. shirt. Anyway, thanks, Kevin. Thank I you for having it. me. And as usual, thanks to the production team here at the Arts yes. and Tech Center. It's fantastic so work cool. you've done. And, of course, Andre, thank you. CJ, thank you. And that's it for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Mm -hmm.